This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined in studio once again by Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you again. Thank you, Brian. Always good to see you. So just a couple of housekeeping things real fast. One is that if you have not put a review on iTunes for our podcast, and this has been a help to you, we would love to know that as well as it's just good to have more reviews on iTunes podcasts. So if you would do that for us, that would be great. Uh, Just go to iTunes and leave a quick review. Uh, A good star review would be encouraged, but if you want to leave a bad one, this is a free country and you should be able to do that. So leave a bad one if just we'd like to have some others just to give us some feedback, okay? The second is uh, we're at the end of the year and we're trying to to raise a certain amount of money to be able to do a lot of the exciting things that is being asked to practical shepherding from translation works to more podcasts to more books being written and all kinds of things. So if you want to help with that, if you go to practicalshepherding.com, go to the donate button, click on that, it'll take you to a PayPal page that you can give a donation to help us. And we would really appreciate that if you would uh, prayerfully consider doing that. For this episode, though, we are going to tackle uh, an issue that is come up quite a bit in the church because of what's going on in the culture and in the news. And that is uh, how our pastors, our male pastors to interact relationally with other women in the church. There's been a lot of just allegations of sexual misconduct in in Hollywood and politics, and it's even starting to come out into the church more now because of this. And we first want to affirm that uh, women who have been uh, victims of sexual assault, we're, we're grateful that you're being courageous to speak up and use your voice Amen. and speak about those things. So we want to c- continue to encourage that. For us as pastors, though, we need to be sensitive to the things that might take place within us. And it's and this is not a new issue on how pastors are supposed to relate and care for women in a way that's appropriate. So that's what we want to, to tackle. We find that there is uh, one of two balances that get out of, out of kilter. One is that men in the midst of caring for women go way past the line and right. becomes an inappropriate relationship. And we hear about those things often. I'm also finding, especially in in the Reformed camp more so, that men are so hypersensitive to not wanting to be inappropriate that they they don't know how to relationally care for ladies in their church. And the ladies in the church feel neglected in a lot of ways. So we want to be able to talk about this in a way that we can find the balance. So, Jim, can you kind of start by just maybe giving us some some New Testament context and how we should approach this topic? Sure, Brian. And... In our conversation prior to recording, uh, the text that the pre-production I, meeting you mean that lasts three meeting. minutes before we get on is that what you're referring Sometimes to? Sometimes a little longer, <laughs> but First uh, Timothy chapter five, and uh, let me read the context there. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Treat younger men like brothers, older women like mothers, younger women like sisters in all purity and mm-hmm. so I, I think brian that text is is helpful in saying there's something more here than just the modifier with all purity i think some men and pastors can read that text and say okay that is uh, avoid sexual contact relationships with women in the church the way that you would dread the sin of incest you treat you treat that woman like a mother Treat her like a sister sexually. And while certainly that is an application that's brought out there, there is, there is yeah. here a whole domestic realm that comes into the church 
Older men like fathers, younger men like brothers, older women like mothers, younger women like sisters. Yeah. And that's meant to be uh, a wholesome relational dynamic. And if you have a healthy, wholesome, happy relationship with your mother uh, as a son, and if you have sisters, I have four sisters. Um, I think about my son in this. My son has uh, has three sisters, like your son does. Both right. Brian and I have are the fathers of three daughters and a son. Uh, and I, I, I assume uh, Sam gets on really well with your girls the way my boy David gets on really well <laughs> with his sisters. There's joy and there's camaraderie that is good and right and appropriate in a brother and sister way. Um, and so I think that's, a, that's an element there, there is so that there is both relationship urge there as well as, yes, purity. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a really helpful text to try to think about this balance. How would you summarize what we really want to try to think about when we're talking about this issue of pastors caring for women in the church? All right. So there's, there's two parts of this. So we want to avoid two great problems. We do need to recognize that there is there there are sins associated with pastoral pastors dealing with women. We want to do everything within our power to flee from those sins, flee youthful lust. For, you know, we're we're middle aged, flee old age, uh, middle aged and older age lust. Hmm. Um, you know, so we are to avoid that. We're to avoid you know an appearance of evil. We're to avoid anything that might provoke our wives to to jealousy. We need to be careful with that. I think we also need to recognize, Brian, although uh, I, I said in our earlier meeting, both of us you know, clo- more closely resemble the backside of a dog than, you know, you, you might not think that, um, you know, wh- why would we have to worry about this? But there is the possibility, there's the potential that we would interact with women in such a way that would stir their affections. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, we're, we're men in public, we're men who care about spiritual things, we communicate, we care, they may see a level of um, emotional and relational involvement that they may not get from their husbands, and so we need to we need to guard. So there needs to be the guard up uh, on those things, where okay. we meet with women, how we meet with women. But then there's also there's the other error, and that is to view women almost like a kind of to view them only almost sexually, or to view them as a danger or as a threat, mm-hmm. rather than as sisters in Christ, highly prized, valuable members of our congregation, uh, whom we treasure as as friends, as sisters in the Lord, as churchmen, with souls that we need to care for. Right. And so we need to we need to uh, steer our ship through uh, the rocks on one side and the other. So in summary, what I'm hearing you saying then is that we need to be guarded with women, but relational with women. Is that what Guarded and relational. Yeah. Treat them like sisters or treat them like mothers. And that doesn't just mean I'm going to avoid a, a physical relationship with you. That means I, I love and respect and enjoy you the mm-hmm. way that a son should love and enjoy and respect his mother and love and enjoy and respect his sisters without any hint of impropriety, but also relationally enjoying them. So relational, 
but also recognizing the world in which we live, recognizing our fallen condition, and so guarded. So let's talk about guarded, okay, and then maybe talk a little bit about relational. Okay. So let's try to do this quickly. Brian, what do you do to be guarded uh, in regard to your purity, their pu- purity? And, and sadly, we have to touch on this, even the the possibility of a false accusation being leveled against you because that 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 can happen and i say that with the most guarded of language recognizing that men have been far too quick to accuse women of making things up and to not believe them our default position should be to believe women uh, who come out with stories yeah we want to be on record for that for sure yeah but go ahead yeah it's guarded i think well, so I've kind of softened on this a bit. I've, in the early years of my ministry, I just really, I, I, I think I, I wouldn't say I went, I wouldn't say I overboard. I think for that season of my life, though, it was important just for me to be extra careful in a lot of different areas of my life. But as I've gone, so Brian, there's a lot in the news about what some are calling the Graham, a la Billy Graham slash Pence, Mike Pence, Vice President Rule, right? Uh, who are make sure that they are never in a situation where something yep. could, could happen. Uh, they would not have lunch or dinner with a yep. woman or a business meeting with a woman yep. uh, alone. Generally speaking, I won't meet privately with a woman, like by myself and another woman in a private setting where there's nobody else. Like okay. that, that's a general rule. So I how have. do you handle that in counseling? A woman, a woman needs to be counseled. Right. So you're not saying you wouldn't counsel. You just won't counsel her alone and so what does that mean what does that look like for you in different scenarios i will if it's in a private setting i'll uh, i have my wife has met before we've met with a a woman together but i don't think it just has to be that and i think there's some people that just do that right because they want their wife involved but um i have had others i've met with one with other staff members even another male staff member, but just somebody else i think it's helpful they just need to be so for you would they need to be in the room or just in the building or or yeah, nearby no, in in the room in the or room. within okay. within earshot i would say okay so All right. a, so that's, a that's... closed a closed door where where no one can hear what's being said between the two of us you know that's usually where i'll try to to draw the line so um, another person involved in the counseling situation the times where i will meet with a woman uh, when it's just one on one is i'll do that in a public setting you know, so I'll I'll go to a coffee shop and and do that with a woman, but I also if I'm going to do those kind of things, I, there's things I do like my make sure my wife knows I'm meeting with this woman at this time. Right. You know, just just to to keep her in the loop with those things. So I, that's just the balancing I found. Before I actually wouldn't do that. Like Ten years ago, I would not have gone that far. I went pretty hardcore about uh, about not just not meeting with women at all. But okay. as I've pastored longer, I've realized, okay, but I've, I've still, I've got to, this isn't just about me gu- being guarded. Right. This is about me knowing how to care for ladies as their, as one of their pastors and to shepherd them. Well, it's, it's something that pastors need to do. You can't always farm that out to other women. Right. So, but what I do, what I still hold pretty firmly to is that you know, I'm not, but I'm not the man that I'm not the one that needs to go over to a woman's house every week, and when her husband's gone to work, and check on her and see how she and the kids are doing. Right. Like, like another woman needs to do that, not a man. Right. So there are lines with that, but I will meet in a public place with women in certain situations, uh, so I can have a one-on-one conversation and and that they understand why we're why we're doing that. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, you you you. You run across, you know, a variety of different circumstances and situations, and right. so you, you know, like you, 
you know, to say I would never, ever, ever be with a woman in private, you know, the kind of, a, a, I know people have brought up, what about, you know, somebody's a repairman and he goes into a, he has to go into a house, he's fixing the, a, 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 you know, a dishwasher and the wife's, you know, would, as a Christian, would you never enter that, you know, kind of yeah. a situation? I mean, do you need to be so careful or so guarded? Obviously, you know, with a particular recognition of sensitivity in the pastoral office, and recognizing that Satan has done so much damage in churches as a result of, of men either being predatory or some men being careless, and that's right. led to something, right. again, through a counseling relationship where a woman is maybe very vulnerable. Um, you know, Having, for me, in a situation a couple of years ago, shepherding one of our dear ladies uh, through um, her... She was a single mom and a son that had cancer and shepherding her through that with the recognition that this is a very vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable woman. And, right. and to you have to recognize, oh, you got to be very careful or not to take advantage of that in any way. Right. Uh, or to make her emotionally dependent on you in a way that would be would be outside of the bounds. And so you, yeah. you but but also to minister because she's so desperately needed help in that situation and, and so there you know you have to be careful and guarded in that so one of the things let me just maybe touch ahead, on yeah my office situation is one of the reasons it's designed the way that it is so i have two windows and i have a door with a window in it and there are times when a sister will need to meet with me yeah and uh, so what I do when that happens is there's others in the building. I open the blinds or, or lift the blinds, and then I open I open all the blinds yeah. so that – and then I sit in a way that I'm visible yeah. uh, outside and inside any – you know, that that, that – you know that now that would not eliminate any everything, but it is it is meant to be. And I'm showing the ladies, and I tell them why I'm doing. It. I said, you know, I, I this is what I do when I have a when I'm, when I'm meeting with one of the women in the church. Yeah. This will allow us opportunity to, but it also you know o- opens up our, our our view, which I think is legitimate too. So I mean, I don't have a scenario like that, so I've just never been able to create that. But I know of count- churches that have full time counselors and all this, and they've set that up in a right. way. I, I'm very comfortable with that. Like I, I don't have an I don't have a concern about that kind of situation. Um, I think so. I think there's a lot of compromise that can be made. The goal is, like you said, the gar- to be guarded, but also you have to still create an environment to be able to relationally relate. Right. Yeah. So really, so we're talking about guarding in three ways. Right. I mean, guarding your reputation, guarding her heart, guarding your heart, because again, yep. you, you you just have to deal with without trying to sexualize every relationship, just have to deal with the recognition that sometimes as you're dealing with intimate matters right. um, that that deal with real heart issues, that sometimes the matters of affection can can be opened up. And, well, well, a lot of the situations that we're dealing with in our ministry where we're, talk, where we're dealing with pastors who have fallen in, in uh, sexual relationships with others in their church, so often it, it was a pastor who took advantage of a of a woman who was in that vulnerable state and they right. were in the position to care for them, whether it was predatory or whether it was just kind of, you know, it was something that, that they didn't intend to happen, but it, it happened nonetheless. Right. Those are the stories we hear. That's the consistency. So there is something to be said about guarding 
as we care for women who are vulnerable and hurting in those ways. All right, so let's talk about relational, Brian, okay. because right. we do need to care about these women, and we should not just right. you know view them the way that you view a bottle of rat poison you know, with a skull and crossbones on them. This woman's dangerous. She might ruin my ministry. Which I'll be the first one to say I see men do in our church still okay. because of this issue. Yeah, so, so you, you, this you, is a problem. You can't do that. Yeah. You, 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 you have to... That's not treating them like a sister. My, I agree. You know, it's not kind. It's not, not right. how I treat my sisters, and it's not how I treat my mother. Yeah. Um, so how do we engage uh, with this a, a purposeful, intentional, pure, and familial relationship yeah. Yeah. that we build with men and women in the church? <clears throat> I, I would say for me is I take full advantage of the times that I'm able to relate to women when I'm at church with everybody there in public places. And so I watch some men, and this is what frustrates me. I watch men who are shunning ladies in church because they're like, we're in church and I don't want to look like I'm being inappropriate to anybody. I'm thinking to myself, actually, that's the perfect time for you to engage when everybody's around and everybody's talking Mm -hmm. and your wife's around and, you know, and you can have a, a, a good conversation. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm a physically affectionate person just by nature, right? And so, you know, I have I have no uh, hesitations at all to to hug another woman, to touch another woman appropriately in church on Sunday. Um, I've made sure that that's a that, so. Brian, that, maybe ex- explain what you mean by an appropriate touch. I think we all would have an idea yeah. of an inappropriate touch. Yeah. Well, but you're talking about maybe as you're talking to a woman, you're you're you might have your hand on her elbow or something yeah. like that, or on her shoulder, or, or walk walk by and just touch her arm and say hi, yeah. you know, as I'm saying hi right. or something. But um, but it, women who I know are comfortable with it. Um, I, I know my wife is comfortable with me hugging other women in in, in, in that. Now, way. do you have? I'm, I'm going to add this. May this is a, so we're practical shepherds. We are. Do you have a certain way that you? Okay, frankly, you need to guard as you as you as you hug a woman. Uh, I mean, there are hugs and there are hugs. There, are, you know, there there yeah, are hugs sure. that look like an embrace. Uh, there's a way yeah. I hug my wife. I don't hug any other. I don't hug my mom that way. I don't hug my sisters that way. Mm-hmm. I don't hug my daughters that way. I don't hug women in the church that way. Yeah. But I'm very happy to hug my wife that way. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a difference. Yeah. And, and, and so for you know for some to avoid you know there's a way to to you know to position your body in such a way that it may be. And, and and let me also say, I think we need to know that woman well enough to know if that is appropriate, because right. what is appro- what, what might be appropriate affection that one woman would take as uh, as an appropriate bit of affection, another woman wouldn't. Right, but that's part of relationally knowing these ladies. Right, and so I could tell you, I could go down the membership list and tell you, this is a woman who actually wants a hug from me. In an appropriate way, makes her feel loved. Right. This is a woman who actually doesn't want me to hug her at all. Right, right. There's like, a woman, so, there are women here I would never, ever, ever hug. Right. There's one, there's one, and only one woman here, uh, <laughs> a, a Dominican lady who is, I think, close to well, thirty now. No, I'm just kidding. Closer to seventy, um, and she gives either uh, a, a kiss on my cheek or an air kiss on my cheek. A holy kiss. A holy kiss. In the kiss. New Testament, yes. Um, but she's the only one now. Yeah. When I've when I've been to the Dominican and preached in the Dominican, uh, I get it's un part beso. Of the, it's, uh, it's part of the, cu- the culture, muy, right? Muy, muy un beso <laughs> I, uh, on my chico. I can't. I don't know what the word is for that. So, um, but I I have gotten you know, and, and it's just part of that 
of that culture. Right. And so uh, I feel she instigates. I've never felt anything inappropriate. My wife doesn't. I don't think anybody watching that would look at that and go, what's going on between those two? You yeah. know. So, so uh, but we need to know that. Um, so I think that so the, the so physical touch is one that, and it's it's person it's case by case is what I would say. Now again, I'm a a lot of men are not. So a lot of men they got to make effort to actually be physically affectionate with even their wife. Right. So now, but again. but but that is so you got to know who you are, and how that other person would would communicate. Now, to I know person. a pastor in a church no longer in ministry, thankfully, but who took advantage of and purposely took advantage of give each other a holy kiss to kiss the women in his really? church on the mouth. Wow. And, and um, yeah, I don't do that. that yeah. We don't so want to be on to be very careful what we're saying yeah. here, what we're not. That's right. What we're not but I, so I think, I think physical touch is, you know, and again, I think there's appropriate physical touch. Right. And I say that appropriate, what's appropriate in general, and then what is appropriate to where it, it makes a woman feel loved, not uncomfortable. Right. Uh, so you got to be really, and careful sometimes to make your feel loved and comfortable, you don't touch her at all. Uh, right, exactly. There, there is there's polar opposites in my church on both those sides, right. and I'm aware of at least most of them. At least I try to be. Okay. And and again, that's rooted in not what somebody's told me. It's rooted in my relationship with them and how I've interacted with them. Yeah. So you've gotten to know them. I, be, so that's what I have to know them to know that to know that. The other side of it is. Uh, you got you got to know people's stories. So you know, again, if if someone has been physically abused in some way, right? You know, a a some kind of even just very subtle, you know, physical touch can either be very triggering to somebody, right. or it can be very redemptive to somebody. So again, it's just about knowing people. But the as far outside the physical touch side of that, because that's what everybody focuses on. That's a that's a small piece to it. Is just to be engaged. Uh, in conversation, uh, looking a woman in the eye is not seductive, you know, in the sense of having a conversation with them and to engage them in 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 things that they want to talk about and take an interest and listen. That's that's the relational piece I think a lot of men miss. And and, and so let's touch on a little bit more there with this verbal aspect. Um, women that you express to them clearly your appreciation for, affection for, love for. You mean verbally? You, yeah, verbally. Where you might say to a lady, um, "I really love you." Um, I would say yes. I would. I would say affirming, encouraging things. Um, I probably don't say that as often as much as I appreciate you, or I okay. appreciate this about you, and I will say something specific. Um, there's been like again, it, it's case by case. It's uh, somebody I feel like who I know how to, they would know how to receive that. Right. So it, it it really is about it really is about knowing the ladies and really being intuitive and and learning helping your wife or your wife helping you learn about these ladies and how to care for them best. There's been plenty of times where I've asked my wife's very different than me and how she relates to others, and so I've gone to her and say, "Do you have any tips on how I can I can better relate to this person?" And she's been very helpful. So other women can help us as men figure out how to relate to them. And you know what? Ultimately, it's ask. You know, right. I, 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 there's been plenty of times where I've, I've said um, some advice I got years ago that's been very helpful, especially when you're dealing with women, is before you touch any a woman in any way, ask permission. Yeah. You know, is it okay? You know, is it okay if you know if I is it okay if I touch your arm when I pass by to to say hi or or right, whatever that saying, is? I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 or maybe even say I, I'm sorry since that made you uncomfortable. 
Please forgive me. I just, you know, yeah, I, I, and I think I, we need to be careful with that. I, mean, I, I guys who say, well, I'm a hugger or I'm a toucher. So you got to get used to it. You know, again, we're yeah, trying to be, that's right. I think there are, there are men who then think that everybody's got to submit to the way they, they do things and the way they're affectionate to others. Right. But we've got, so being guarded and yet relational piece to that is being really sensitive to both in regard to women. So real quickly on this, yeah. Brian, um, developing what we might call friendships, and maybe this we should maybe even save this for another uh, discussion. How do we cultivate friendships in the church among our the members of the church so that we see ourselves not just as their pastor, but they're our friends? And there's a difference between a lot of our interaction is pastoral. Mm-hmm. And what we're, some of what we're talking about here is really is, is our human brotherly interaction. This isn't just a sheep. This is my sister. This isn't just my sheep. This is my father in the church. This is my mother in the church. This is my brother in the church. This is my sister in the church. And how do we, how do we think that way and foster that relationally in the church? Maybe we should save that for another time. That would probably be a whole podcast. I I I think we could could, we could discuss. But so, Jim, will you give a final word of counsel about how to how pastors should try to find that balance of be guarded and yet relational with ladies in the church that you yeah. found. Yeah, all right. So again, we're just really going to focus on those things. So yeah. be guarded. Uh, know your heart. Know the, know the potential to do great harm to that woman, to her family, to that young person, to that single, to that married, whatever that case might be. Yep. You do need to, you know, sadly, we do need to have that as a, as a recognition. Mm-hmm. And so be wise, be careful, be wise in regard to her affections, be wise in regard to any cultivation that you recognize this is beginning to cross the line. I'm beginning to really, really look forward to interacting with her. Right. Uh, I'm looking at her pictures on Facebook. Uh, you know, uh, I've started following her on Instagram with, the, you know, what, what, what do we, you know, what are you doing and why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so th- yes, be, be very guarded in that regard. Um, Infidelity doesn't ha- just happen. There's a generally there's not a again, path unless, that leads there. If somebody's listening to this and you're a predator, obviously you need to, the living God is going to expose you. You're in great danger spiritually. You should no way be in ministry. You need to get out. Well, if you, um, but if you're hearing this and you're what Jim described as a. Like you're looking, there's a woman you look at Facebook a lot. Right. There, you're you, just you've drawn made there. Yourself vulnerable. Bring that into you the light need with to somebody. Bring that to the light, right. right? You need to expose it. You need to flee. Right. You need to do what you got to do to to get out of that. So yeah. But the other thing is, you can't neglect the women in the church. And again, I think we need to avoid this idea that we somehow view them. Uh, and I'm sensitive to this because I'm I'm hearing women, you know, talk about this. That what they hear from the pulpit is women are dangerous. Women are seductresses. <laughs> And right. you need to be careful, you know, that they, they, right. they're wily women, they dress and they allure and, and yeah, sure, you know, there are some Bible texts that deal with that. And there are some women who do that, but, but, you know, to deal with the women in the church relationally in, in that familial way, mm-hmm. blood-bought disciples, uh, precious in the sight of the Lord and precious in our sight that we love and esteem and value as sheep and as, as, as family members and friends. Yeah, and I think the last word I would throw out there is that uh, have a conversation with your wife if you're married and ask her this question if you haven't. Um, Will you tell me, uh, are there ways you're uncomfortable with me interacting with women in our church? 
you need to hear what your wife on that if you haven't um, and honor what she's saying and try yeah. to formulate how you're going to guard be guarded yet relational towards ladies in your church you know around that wherever your wife is at that Excellent. point so Jim we this is a this is a a difficult area to try to maneuver through, but an important one. We pray for these uh, pastors, especially yeah. that they'll find it. Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity to have this discussion and to touch upon these matters of of being guarded and relational. And Father, some of us need to hear one more than the other uh, in this side of the conversation. We do pray uh, that there would come uh, an end to the grief that is brought to churches. Um, by men taking advantage of women in their congregations and that you would guard the purity and integrity of the office but father also um, that women would not be abused on another way by way of neglect or, or, or by way of constant suspicion and so father we pray for wisdom and help and guidance and the power of your spirit to walk in ways that please you we ask in jesus name amen amen